Kings fans, it's time for game night. And he scores! Wins it in overtime! With a comprehensive look at the upcoming game, including a look at the Kings and their opponents. Coming in off the right wing, took it to the net. Interviews, analysis with notes, news, and scores from around the NHL. And your calls. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us now at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. It's game night, and it starts now. Kings fans, welcome back. I am Jesse Cohen, coming to you live from the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center here in downtown L.A. It is game number 41 for your L.A. Kings, the halfway mark of the season, at least for the Kings. And tonight they take on the Dallas Stars here at Crypto.com Arena. The Stars are currently in first place in the Central Division, second place in the Western Conference, and fifth overall in the NHL. Stars are led by their top line of Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, and Rupe Hintz, who have combined for 29 goals while allowing just 11 against. Those 29 goals make them the most productive line to this point in the 2022-23 season. Just over an hour, we'll see if the Kings can pick up a win in their very first game of 2023. But for now, we're taking your questions and comments here at LA Kings Game Night. So call in 877-KINGS-2877-KINGS-20. Kings we are going to be looking up some li- looking at excuse me the lineup for tonight's game. Uh, it doesn't appear that there will be any changes. Arthur Kaliev remains on injured reserve. Trevor Moore... Uh, will not be available, it sounds like, for the next few games. Uh, Brendan Lemieux was out on the ice this morning doing extra skating. That usually indicates that those players hanging back will not be in the lineup uh, because of the lineup. And uh, the players available to the Kings right now, it looks like Brendan Lemieux will be the only healthy scratch. They never did recall Jordan Spence from the Ontario Reign, so it looks as if they are carrying just the six defensemen right now. Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, Matt Roy, Sean Dursey, Alex Edler, and Sean Walker. And with Trevor Moore unavailable, again, Brennan Lemieux appears to be the only player uh, that will be a healthy scratch tonight, although Trevor Moore has not yet been placed on IR. Not sure if he ever will be. Tonight's starting goalie uh, will appear to be Phoenix Copley returning to the net uh, after taking a game off against the Philadelphia Flyers on December 31st. Meanwhile, Playing for the Dallas Stars, the familiar face, Colin Miller. If you don't remember that name, that's fine. You are not expected to remember every player ever drafted by the Kings, but Colin Miller was a draft pick selected by the Kings, a right-shooting defenseman. He was ultimately traded to the Boston Bruins as part of the trade that brought Milan Lucic to the LA Kings. It sent uh, Martin Jones, Colin Miller, and a first-round pick uh, to Boston in exchange for Milan Lucic. Colin Miller was then claimed by the Vegas Golden Knights in the expansion draft from the Boston Bruins. Uh, he then played in Buffalo for a few years before coming to Dallas. And uh, he is pretty much the only former player. It's not exactly a Molson index situation. And for those of you who don't know what the Molson index is, shame on me for not bringing it up earlier in the season the Molson Index is just a little name we came up with uh, a few years ago more than a few years ago uh, to indicate that a former king was returning to play against the Kings in a specific game it's named after Matt Molson who if you may or may not remember played for the Kings uh, had a not necessarily impressive beginning to his career while in LA and then as soon as he went on to play for the New York Islanders instantly became a 30 goal scorer in his first season uh, with the Islanders uh, scored I think three goals in four games against the Kings uh, in his opportunities to come back and do that so we named this little exercise the Molson Index so Colin Miller again not quite qualifying for the Molson Index because he never did suit up in a Kings jersey but did play for the Manchester Monarchs was drafted by the Kings was traded away before he got a chance in King's News, Francesco Pinelli was named OHL Player of the Month for December today. He scored 21 points in nine games. He's the captain of the Kitchener Rangers and uh, apparently had a real good December. So congratulations, Francesco Pinelli, on being named OHL Player of the Month. Meanwhile, the World Juniors is a set to wrap up very soon. Brant Clark 
representing Team Canada. One goal, three assists, and a plus five in five games so far. Canada set to take on the U.S. Uh, in the semifinals of the World Juniors on December 4th, I believe. Uh, Kenny Connors playing for Team USA. One goal, zero assists, plus one in five games. And Otto Celine, zero goals, three assists, and a plus four in five games for Finland. Finland's tournament has come to an end. Uh, but Canada and the United States face off against one another on the fourth. That's tomorrow. And uh, Brant Clark and Kenny Connors presumably will be in that game. Looking around the league tonight, there are some important games. I am now officially scoreboard watching you guys. We're only at the halfway mark, but um, I don't know. I'm doing it. So tonight, Seattle and Edmonton play one another. Both teams tied at 42 points. Seattle has 35 games played. Edmonton has 38 games played. Obviously, the Kings ahead of both of them with 48 points. I haven't thought long and hard enough about which team I would want to have win, given the uh, games played and the rest of their schedules. Anytime you have two teams behind you in the standings playing, all you're rooting for is for it not to go to overtime. Let the game be decided in regulation. Meanwhile, the Flames and the Jets are playing right now. Uh, Calgary is in third place with 43 points. Obviously, in this scenario, we would be rooting for the Jets. Checking in on that score, it is 0-0 with about 16 minutes left in the second. Kraken and Oilers set to face off uh, any minute now, frankly. And uh, the Canucks play the Islanders later tonight. Not too concerned about the Canucks, but rooting for the Islanders just the same. So, having gotten all that out of the way, we are going to dive into the quotes we have. We're going to hear from Todd McClellan, we're going to hear from Sean Walker, and we're going to hear from Victor Arvidsson today, and as always, Zach Dooley. But I want to go back to that loss against the Philadelphia Flyers on New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve Day, excuse me. And uh, Todd McClellan talked about what went wrong in uh, his team's game against Philadelphia. I don't think we had what it took to win. We didn't have a lot of energy for whatever reason. Maybe that was the Colorado thing. And we weren't real polished. I think you guys watched that early in the first 10 minutes of the game. We didn't connect on many passes. And um, When you don't have energy and you're not connected, you're just spinning your wheels in the mud and it uh it felt like we could never get it going all night um we had spurts of good play and then we'd fall off a little bit yeah so we we probably got what we deserved tonight tom mcclellan was asked uh he's he's used a phrase in the past where he talks about uh getting out momented meaning there are these pivotal moments in a game that can go either way for either team and sometimes the team that wins more of those moments wins the game. So he was asked if he was out, if his team was outmomented in the game against Philadelphia. Moments dictate the outcome of the game, but I think you've got to look at the whole body of work for 60 minutes. Um, the pop, the execution, the uh, the drive that we've been playing with for a long time wasn't there for whatever reason. And uh, then the moments came into play. We, we gave up a power play goal. We gave up a shorty. Um, you know, and I can't remember the last time our power plays really let us down like it did tonight. But, uh, yeah, so that's the difference. I asked Todd McClellan yesterday if uh, the concept of a trap game was something that an NHL coaching staff uh, can afford to entertain. And if you don't know what a trap game is, uh, I think it's probably more prevalent in football terminology um, the concept essentially being you've got a game on your schedule against a lesser opponent maybe right before a holiday maybe right before a tougher opponent and you have a tendency to overlook your present opponent and that is the trap it's a mental trap you fall into it and you are defeated by a lesser team now I know that coaches and athletes would probably never openly admit to a trap game scenario but I felt like I had to ask it because I am First and foremost, a fan, and I was just just wondering what the answer would be, and uh, it was about what I expected. One, I think trap games, when you use those words, you insinuate that your opponent is weaker than you, and that's a huge mistake for us, so we don't ever talk about that. Um, there are games that don't set up well in a schedule for whatever reasons, whether it's travel or not. We had two emotional games, but I don't think that had a big thing to do with it. The uh, uh, the travel coming back, I think, had a little bit. The 1 o'clock start had to do with us being flat. And some days you're just flat. 
we didn't have a lot of pop. Um, I talked to a few of the players today to find out if it was team-wide or just individuals. And um, <coughs> most of them said they didn't feel real good that day. Um, I heard a little bit about ice conditions, which you can either take or you don't take into the equation. But it was raining, it was slushy out there, it was slow, um, but for both teams. So um, I, trap game, I don't buy into it because um, Tampa, you know, those teams that have consistently won would be playing a trap game 82 times a year. So, and if you're not in the top and you're at the bottom and we've been there, there's always hope too. So I, I don't buy the trap thing. Again, not terribly surprised that a head coach in the NHL would not acknowledge the concept of a trap game and spoken to some of the broadcasters for this team who are also former NHL players. They also uh, echoed that statement. But I found it interesting that uh, Tom McClellan volunteered that some of the players had mentioned the quality of the ice because had somebody asked in the postgame uh, if the quality of the ice had anything to do with the outcome of the game, I assure you that the answer would be that ice conditions were the same for both sides. Um, and that it didn't impact uh, the outcome. Like I said, I understand that coaches and athletes can't necessarily entertain the same conversations that fans can, but an interesting perspective nonetheless. Uh, speaking of athletes, I did also ask Sean Walker if uh, he thought that that was a, a bit of a trap game situation. I don't think anybody would approach it that way. Um, I certainly hope not. Um, you know, I think it just wasn't our best game. Um, you know, you could see kind of some of the little breakdowns in our passing wasn't the greatest and that just allowed them to stick around and then uh, obviously they got a timely goal an unfortunate one so I, I wouldn't say it was a trap game in that situation but just kind of ended up playing out like that. Tom McClellan was also asked uh, about the power play versus the Philadelphia Flyers lots of conversations about the penalty kill recently but uh, there's always of course the opposite side of the coin. You know, we've talked about scoring and being good on the power play, but giving up momentum or gaining momentum, I thought our power play gave them momentum. They came into the game with six shorthanded goals, and that was part of their identity, and they, they got life off of that. And it started not with the shorthanded goal at the end. It started in the first few power plays where we were sloppy, and um, we fed into to their momentum game and not ours. That was Todd McClellan talking about the power play. And, uh, you know, the power play has been – power play and penalty kill. We're going to get into this um, in a little bit more detail later on. But it's funny that we talk about them frequently as, uh, as if they are – you know, if the team is at 20%, for example, at any given point in the season, we talk about it as if the power play is always at 20%. And, of course, that is not the case. 20% at any given point could be the result of two weeks played – at 50% and two weeks played at 0%. Um, I recognize that that's not what the average would be at 20%, but uh, you really have to sort of get into game by game, even power play by power play, each one individually in a game or penalty kill may not be the same. Uh, talk to Sean Dursey about the consistency of the defensive pairs. Last year the team played 14 defensemen uh, with – Drew Doughty and Sean Walker out of the lineup. New players being called up. They struggled to find consistent pairs. This year, it's been three consistent pairs. Yes, Brant Clark has played some games. Tobias Bjornfoot has played some games. Jordan Spence has gotten in a game. Uh, Jacob Muvrari. But basically, it's been the three pairs we'll see tonight. And uh, I asked him if that uh, is helpful towards building team chemistry. I mean, obviously, last year was pretty unique with the amount of injuries we had and stuff. So this year, it's been a little more steady. Obviously, some changes here and there, but for the most part, pretty pretty similar. And, yeah, I think you you get into kind of a rhythm with your D partner. So it's been nice to kind of have that steady steady pairs going. And I think everybody's pretty happy with the way we've played. So just got to keep building on it and go from there. I asked Todd McClellan a similar question about the importance of consistency across the defensive pairs. The head coach weighed in. If you look at our pairs, this year's really the – you know, 44 and 8 played together in the past, but it's been broken. Uh, not broken because they're playing poorly, but broken up due to injuries, the consistency of them being there. Uh, Durs and, and Roisey, Durs going from right to left, a new position to learn, and completely different, quite frankly. And then you've got 
Edler and Walker hadn't played much together because of injuries. Um, Eddie came in as a new player last year. Walks played four games, I think, and that was it. So those pairs establishing familiarity is, is beginning to happen. And um, I'm sure they're more comfortable with steady partners than, than being all over the map. That was Todd McClellan. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we will hear from Victor Arvidsson and Todd McClellan a little bit more. Uh, from Sean Walker as well as Zach Dooley. This is LA Kings Game Night. I'm Jesse Cohn. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. The LA Kings play here. Score! Valley Sports West. Patrick Gold! And now you have more wings to watch than ever with your service provider. To win it! or with the all-new Bally Sports Plus, available on the Bally Sports app. Oh, what a setup! Bally Sports West, your home for L.A. Kings hockey. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamava is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamava is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamava.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Get the official NHL app to watch, read, and listen to all the deeks. All I can say is absolutely wow. All the sauce. All the saves. Stop from Vasilevsky. All the hits. All the snipes. All the sellies. He scores! Unbelievable! All the hockey. If it's hockey, it's here. Listen to every NHL game for free. Now with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Download the official NHL app now. From Star Wars to Kids Day to L.A. Dodgers Night, the 22-23 season theme night and promotion schedule has something for everyone. Visit lakings.com promotions to see all the fun the Kings have in store this season. That's lakings.com promotions and go Kings. This is L.A. Kings Game Night. Make your voice heard. Call 877-KINGS20. Back to the action on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. Jesse Cohen here once again inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center where the Dallas Stars are in town to take on your L.A. Kings here at Crypto.com Arena. Before the game starts, we will be celebrating Alex Edler for completing 1,000 games in the NHL. And we'll be bringing you that ceremony here on the, uh, I almost said the telecast, on the broadcast here at iHeart. Uh, so uh, stick around when LA Kings game night is over. We will have that before puck drop. Todd McClellan was talking to us about the importance of consistency on defensive pairs, and uh, he talked about how that consistency assists the forwards as well. I think what you're asking me is the force understand how those pairs play. They become predictable. Uh, walks with his legs, Eddie with a certain skill set, uh, Drew with his passing. And they can anticipate what a certain pair may or may not do um, on the ice. And the same thing goes for the D. Knowing the forwards and their tendencies as a line, uh, it helps. Now, last year, the Kings played 14 defensemen. Incidentally, this is LA Kings game night here on iHeartRadio. So uh, if you want to call in with questions or comments, 877-KINGS20, 877-KINGS20. We have tickets to give away to a future Kings game if you'd like to call in and get on the air. Uh, but Tom McGlellan has shuffled the offensive lines recently. He's done it all season long. And last year, the team experienced uh, major injuries on the blue line. This year, a series of uh, less 
serious injuries to the forward core. But what right now, we've got uh, Kevin Fiala, the team's leading scorer, on a line with Gabriel Velarde, the team's leading goal scorer. But you might call that the uh, the third line. Um, but, you know, Todd McClellan asked about it this morning. Said, yeah, the team's leading scorer is on a line with the team's leading goal scorer. Meanwhile, Victor Arvidsson leads the team in primary assists, not just the team, or primary assists per 60, excuse me. Um, but if you've been watching the telecast, you'd know that he is among the top league leaders right now in primary assists per 60. So you've got your lead, you know, playmaker on the second line. And then, of course, on your top line, you have Ange Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Each individual player on this team may not be scoring at the rate they did last season, but overall, I mean, the scoring is just way up. Six players with double digits in goals. Um, Anton McClellan talked about spreading that offense uh, around the lines, and if it gives opponents a defensive matchup nightmare. We always hope that, but the game's got to take place, and then you you see at the end, like if, if Lizzo's line can perform, I thought they were our most effective line against Philadelphia. They they were able to keep plays alive in the O-zone. Um, uh, wasn't one and done. Their forecheck, they loosened some pucks up on the forecheck. So at the end of that night, um, that line was um, in the O-zone more than, than the other three lines. So if they can keep that up, it, it favors us. But sometimes the other team gets in the way too and affects the outcome of a game. One of the side effects of that forward alignment is that Quentin Byfield has been playing on the top line at wing. Don McClellan, predictably, was asked how he likes his young prospects' performance at wing rather than center. Again, size helps him uh, when he's using it. Um, he's skating well. I thought he had some good board work in the in the two games as a winger. With Lizzo's play, I still think he's been playing outstanding at it opens up some minutes for Q on the wing, uh, further up in the lineup. You know, let's hope that he takes advantage of that. Now, I want to play a full quote for you. We talked about this on the most recent episode of All the King's Men, official podcast of the LA Kings. If you don't already subscribe and listen, I would encourage you to do so. And it was a quote about the penalty kill following the Philadelphia Flyers game on December 31st. And I'm going to go ahead play you not only the full quote, but also the question that was asked, because frequently I edit out the questions, and if you're ever reading quotes in an article, generally speaking, the questions that led to the quote are not included, because the quote is being used in service of a larger point. I wanted to go ahead and include the question as well. Other side of the special teams coin, you guys have been the power play going 10 straight, but it seems like you're getting timely kills and stuff. Where would you kind of assess the PK and its, its direction I think our penalty kill is improving. I think it's... So I'm stopping it right there in case you weren't able to hear that. I thought I had edited so that you could hear it better. But the gist of it was the penalty kill has allowed a goal in 10 straight games. And the questioner, who was Andrew Knoll in this case, was asking if that made the penalty kill a point of concern in the way that it previously had been, based on the fact that it has failed to prevent a power play goal in the last 10 games much improved from where it was at the you know the first quarter of the season the uh, group play and the reads and the reacts are there we've got to get the, the the job done though we seem to give up one a night um, in various ways still so the numbers not looking good we're giving up one a night um, yet the penalty kills improved um, so you might think that uh, I'm insane but uh, that's how we see it the reason I highlighted that entire quote apologies for the music swelling here behind me um, the reason I used that entire quote is because just the last sentence of that quote made it onto Twitter and made it into some articles and was talked about and what was lost from the context and why I think it's important to include the entire context was that Tom McClellan was not ignoring the fact that the penalty kill is a problem um, quite the opposite. He acknowledged that it needs to continue to improve, um, but was simply highlighting the fact that, yes, over the last 10 games, they have allowed a power play goal in every game over the last 10 games. But if you break down, like we talked about earlier, the rolling performance over you know certain game periods, you'll see that the penalty kill is, in fact, remarkably better over the last 10 games than it was in the month of November. 
that's, I think, 75% effective over the last 10 games. It was uh, 68% or something like that in the month of November. So that is improvement, um, even if it is still far from perfect. So for further uh, context on that conversation, go ahead and listen to the most recent episode of All the King's Men. Uh, meanwhile, Victor Arvidsson has been the topic of a lot of conversation, both on the telecast and amongst the uh, media contingent around practices. Uh, Jim Fox asked Victor Arvidsson after practice, uh, based on all the conversation, if uh, Victor Arvidsson has uh, incorporated uh, passing into his game more, if that's been a point of focus for the forward. Not really, uh, but I I like when my my line scores. And I'm just trying to make the best play available. Uh, I score a lot of goals in Nashville. I, I, I play with different players mm-hmm. in that that kind of team. I played with Johansson and Forsberg and they were, they wanted the puck a lot and they wanted, wanted to have it. So I kind of took on a different, maybe different role, I guess, and was around the net a lot. And now I have Phil on my line and he likes to be there and likes to be around there. So I try to get to other spaces and it's just a game of reading, I I guess. A game of reading indeed. And, uh, Todd McClellan was asked uh, a similar question about Victor Arvidsson's playmaking and talked about the Swedish winger. I don't know if, if we thought we would have a guy at the level that he's at right now, but this guy's a pretty astute player. Not not just skills, but he's always thinking. I mean, if there was a chess player on our team, uh, I would pick him to be one of them. Like He would study the moves and see what's available and talk things through with his teammates. Um, I think he's really good at that. And sometimes playmakers are that. They set things up. And that is precisely why I have been crowing about Victor Arvidsson being the best playmaker on this team. I'm not even necessarily sure that the phrase means anything, but even as early as game two or three of last year, uh, I was watching Victor Arvidsson connect on passing plays with Andre Kobitar and Dustin Brown where there were passes coming off of Victor Arvidsson's stick, finding teammates on the backside of the goal, undefended for essentially open net goals. And for a player who was talked about as being almost exclusively a shooter and a scorer, I was just surprised at how good his passing was. And the more I paid attention to it, the more I noticed he was good at it. And, of course, this season... Uh, the stats have been uh, thrown out on the telecast. He is near the league leader uh, in primary assists per 60 in, in you know, the company of some of the best players uh, in the league, Nathan McKinnon, Leon Dreisaitl, etc. cetera. Uh, Victor Arvidsson was asked about uh, the benefit of talking to his line mates uh, about the way the game is played. Oh, it's just thinking and getting everybody to think the same way. Uh, so we know where, where we want to be, where we want where our space is. And I think if you look at the best players today, they, they realize where the space is and where where they can be successful. And I think since I got here and played with Phil and Morsey and, and Al too, and we kind of realized where, where to to be available for each other and, and to, to create a lot of offense and still be still be responsible. One of the it's a, it is a, a wonderful thing, but also a frustrating thing that hockey players are so humble and uh, so reluctant to take credit because everything Victor Arvidsson gave in the answers talking about this just point to everything Todd McClellan has said, which is that he's an incredible teammate. He's an incredible player. Uh, Victor Arvidsson was asked if he pays attention to the kind of stats that we're talking about. No, I don't, but it's just it's fun, and I guess. I'm just trying to set my, my line mates up. And, and it's worked, and they they will set me up too, and mm-hmm. just just uh, giving and taking, I guess. But uh, it's fun. We 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 create offense, like I said. And that's the main part, and, and we're, we're still being responsible and, and playing a good game. If hockey is the ultimate team game, and I believe that it is, then players like Victor Arvidsson are the ultimate team players. Two or three times in those answers, uh, talking about not caring, you know where the goals are coming from. I think the opening quote, he said, I like it when my line scores. Doesn't matter who's actually scoring the goal. uh, Likes to create offense, and as he said, it's fun. He was asked if perhaps his 
willingness to shoot from anywhere creates space for his line mates, for them to shoot and for him to find them. Uh, maybe. Uh, I, I just started to work with, with some guys off the, off the, like, coaching me on, on the side and, and they helped me a lot too with, with realizing where to be and where to, where to kind of kind of be successful as I said like it's, it's about reading space and where space is available and, and I think we just like you said talked about we talk about it a lot and it makes it easier on, on everybody I think but yeah like that could be a, a, a big reason why why people maybe respect my shot and uh, I, I'm just trying to open up space from other for other players probably maybe yeah there you have it victor arvidson revealing that he does work on his game uh and was uh seeking assistance and uh maybe playing the game slightly differently now than he was but uh, we hope that he keeps doing it because it's fun to watch as i'm sure it is fun to score we're going to take a break right now when we come back we'll have zach dooley this is la king's game night i'm jesse cohen stick around king's fans we'll be right back Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Score a goal and join the team that is building a stronger L.A. Join the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. LADWP is an excellent place to work with competitive pay, excellent benefits, and many opportunities for professional and personal growth. If you're ready for a change, this is your chance. A job for you is ready and waiting. There are over 150 different types of jobs open to anyone that meets the minimum qualifications. Visit joinladwp.com for more information. That's joinladwp.com. If you want to, but you must call 811. If you dig without making the call, it could be bad for everyone. All utilities under your property can be buried any place. So if you dig around, don't do it right. There could be thousands of fines to pay. You can dig. You can dig. Everybody can dig. You just have to call 811. Learn more at SoCalGas.com slash 811. Going to the movies this weekend? Totally Unlimited movies have arrived at Regal with Regal Unlimited, the perfect pass for movie lovers like you. See all the movies you want, as many times as you want, while enjoying 10% off concessions. Plus, enjoy unlimited moments. I love you. Unlimited action, unlimited adventure, and unlimited laughs at any Regal theater nationwide. Use the Regal app to become an unlimited subscriber today. Regal is a proud sponsor of the Los Angeles Kings. To more of LA Kings game night, call 877 Kings 20. Back to the action on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. All right, warm-ups were a little bit late tonight because of or early, excuse me, because of the ceremony for Alex Edler, but it is time for duly noted. Yeah, duly noted. It's time for warm-ups. That means it's time for Duly Noted. Joining me now, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse, I am doing well. Doing well. How about you? I'm good. I want to dive into uh, an idea here today that I'm pretty sure I've shared with you in the past, but I have believed for a long time, which is that every new chapter defines the previous chapter. So we go into a January now. We're basically at the halfway mark. This is game 41. Mm -hmm. And the last, let's call it, seven games since buffalo however many games that is one could argue the ship has been righted the identity has been found you know we said earlier in the season the problem with inconsistency is that you can only bury it with a prolonged period of consistency yeah we'd like to see the consistency continue obviously but it's been a good solid stretch they've played well philadelphia was an outlier we heard todd mcclellan talk about the players all agreeing that they didn't have it for yep. whatever reason. And even then, it wasn't like they got blown out. It was an empty net goal. It's three to two game. It's a three to two league. So now we have Dallas, Boston, Vegas, Edmonton. 
mm-hmm. four games in a row. Vegas is on the road, but it's a short trip, as you have pointed out. Those are four potentially difficult – well, they're all difficult opponents, but those are teams with good records, and then Edmonton, who is you know, last year's playoff opponent and this year's playoff race combatant. How the team plays in these four games will go a long way towards defining the past little stretch of stability. I think that's probably fair because I think everything you said is generally right. Like they have found consistency. It was 7-0-1 over eight games. And for the most part, even on nights when they weren't at their best, they found a way to get a win or to get a result. And they weren't not at their best very often in that stretch. It was, I can think of, you know, five games of that stretch were very good. And then three were, which were two wins, you know, over San Jose, Colorado, and uh, the loss to Arizona team played fine and did what they needed to do. They found a way on a night when maybe they didn't have their a game and got five of six points. So those games are behind them. The base that's been set has kind of brought them back to the pace that, that they want to be on here at the halfway point. And you're right. And you can even extend that stretch beyond those four, six of the next seven are against teams currently occupying a playoff spot. And the lone outlier is San Jose. And as we've seen, the San Jose games can be very tight. Um, they've had the Kings number over the last couple of years. So it's a very, very difficult stretch from travel, a travel perspective. It's three pretty easy weeks. Um, but maybe that's the the one benefit because the stretch of opposition uh, is very difficult. And you're right. It will tell us a lot about what this team is. We haven't dug into this yet, but you and I have talked about it. I'm sure plenty of people have talked about it. The notion that it takes 95 in the neighborhood of 95 points to make the playoffs. Right. The Kings currently have 48 points. So you look at how many games are left, you sort out how many points you need from those games, you figure out what kind of record that's going to take. That little stretch of 7-0-1 or whatever it was, that went a long way towards making the rest of the season less stressful for the Kings. It's all about points in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. And that's 15 points in the bank that you can't give back. If you look at the raw numbers of 48 points from 40 games played, puts you comfortably over the mark of 95 maybe not comfortably but decently over a couple games over the mark of 95 um, which is generally the number it obviously depends on the year and this year a lot of teams in this division specifically are playing a little bit below that pace so maybe it is a lower number Um, but the kings have put some points in the bank they've earned wins over teams in their division which is important they've already beaten edmonton they beat calgary at home they beat vegas at home and they beat san jose both at home and on the road they beat anaheim at home so That was an area maybe of concern last year. The Kings dominated the East. They struggled against the division. They struggled early in the season against the division, but they've started to put a couple of wins together in that regard. Those four-point games, if you will, against the teams that are either chasing you or you're chasing. And that's a good sign because, you know, you got to have those points in the bank because the team's not going to play 7-0-1 hockey for every eight-game segment the rest of the way. It's just not going to happen. There are going to be lulls. There are going to be, you know, losing streaks of a couple games. And you got to hope that you can find the way and rely on the points that you got when you were rolling to kind of carry you through those times to get you back to when you're winning again. One of the nice things about a, a point, a, a game point streak, however you refer to that, games played where you earn a point, a streak, a like, point streak, yeah, point streak. One of the nice things about a streak like that, when you are in a situation schedule wise like the Kings were, is that you know how rare they are. So prior to the streak, you could look at the standings and you'd look at it and you'd go, oh, the Kings are so many points behind Seattle and Seattle has games in hand. Right. And as they're slowly moving up, you're going, oh, okay, well, they're tied with Calgary, but Calgary has yep. two games in hand. Now they find themselves eight points ahead, uh, well, I guess seven points ahead of Colorado, six points ahead of Edmonton and Seattle. But you know it's unlikely for any team, even Boston, even Vegas, it's just unlikely for a team to go 7-0-1. So you look at Seattle with those five games in hand playing 600 hockey, which is the same record as the Kings on the season, and you say, okay, well, realistically, what's the likelihood that Seattle goes on an equal tear to erase the Kings tear? What's the likelihood that Seattle and Calgary both go on tears? What's the likelihood that Seattle and Calgary and Edmonton, you know, like... Yep. um, You can't take away the points that have already been earned, right? You can forecast with percentages as to okay, this team has five games in hand, they're playing 600 hockey, they're going to get three wins, meaning six points, which is a 600 winning percentage. It doesn't always work that way. And, and Seattle, specifically, they have a gauntlet this month. I believe it's 17 from 31. 
in terms of games played. That's a lot of games. And I think they're they're so far behind the Kings right now in terms of games played. They're going to make that up. And, you know, the Kings had their compact, extremely difficult part of the schedule already. This is a difficult month due to opposition, due to travel at the end of the month, a couple of back-to-backs in there. But it's not that every other day stretch for three months that they've had coming in. It's a little bit different. There's a four-day break in there. The All-Star break for the Kings is 10 days. So the Kings are going to have some time to get their rest in, to get their recovery in while these other teams are catching up. And you have to hope that the points that you got in the bank will carry you to still be in the position that you're in when these teams all have caught up. To your point about Seattle, also eight of their next nine games starting tonight are on the road. The six remaining home games they have at the end of the month, three of them are Tampa, New Jersey, and Colorado. That's a rough schedule. And I think there's a lot of, you know, back-to-backs and three and fours in there for the Kraken along the way. So it's certainly a very difficult month for Seattle and credit to them for what they've done. You can't take away their start to the year either, but they've still got almost 50 games left because of how far behind they are. It's going to be more compact. It's going to be difficult. And for sure, they're, they're going to have to maintain their pace as well. So tonight's opponent for the LA Kings, the Dallas Stars. Um, I didn't ask this question because it's a question that I sort of you know, you're around professional athletes and coaches and broadcasters. You, There's some answers you could write yourselves. And one of the questions, but one of the questions I would deeply like to know is when you have a team like Dallas that has been responsible, the other opponent being Minnesota, that's responsible, not necessarily deliberately, for an injury to a star player of yours, is there any lingering animosity is there any extra desire even if you're not aware of it to you know to really beat them and the dallas stars for whatever reason you know they they hit on dowdy uh, a season or two ago i don't even remember now um i just wonder if that sort of thing lingers i think that might have been a very fair question the game after when Mm -hmm. they played dallas but i think they've played dallas three times since at this point Mm -hmm. um that was early early last year i think it was game five it was on the road in Dallas. I actually think it was game four on the road in Dallas. It was very, very early in the year. The Kings went on to play Dallas twice after that, uh, once in their building, once at home. They've already visited Dallas this year. So my take would be, one, the you, you know the answer you would have gotten for sure, as you said. I think the answer would have been, like, at this point, no. I think that's that's kind of behind them um, at this point in the game. Um, and it's it's about the team in front of them, and the team in front of them is is a very good one. We heard about Joe Pavelski this morning from Todd McClellan. Jim Fox asked about him. Dallas is one of those teams that makes no sense to me because the broader narrative is about these two players, you know, uh, Ben and uh, and um, Sagan. Thanks. Thank you, Sagan. <laughs> but the actual danger on the Dallas Stars roster comes from so many different places. It's not about those two guys. Yeah, and they're almost a, they're a weird team. Like if you said at the beginning of the year, would they regress a bit from maybe where they were last year? You might have said yeah, but they have done the exact opposite. They've actually thrived, and you have a Jason Robertson who is maybe the most underrated player in the league. Like he's top five in goals, top five in points, California native, which is cool, but plays in a market like Dallas, not a huge hockey market on the grander scheme. Very good support in Dallas, but they're not like a, a blue blood, if you will. And maybe he gets underlooked, and Joe Pavelski is still an excellent player. The deal he signed is almost criminal for his actual value compared to what he's making. You've got like Rupe Hintz, who's very good, and Ben and Sagan were that team when they went to the Cup in the the bubble year, carried that team for a number of years through teams that weren't all that good, got to that point. They've been cornerstones there. But as you see with a lot of players, like they're not the same players as they were, say, at 27 still very good and a lot of injuries there, but they have had those other guys come up and kind of seize those roles as well, which has allowed the team to gain depth and be a much deeper and better team than they were when it was really just those two guys kind of carrying the team into the playoffs. It's unfair, but it's reality that certain teams because of the market they play in will just never get attention. And even when Dallas won the cup in whatever it was 99, I think, um, if you go back and look at the decade surrounding that cup win, 
it's easy to focus on Detroit and Colorado as the two powerhouses of of the league at that time. Dallas was right there. It was a three horse race, neck. right? Yeah. For sure. I mean, that, maybe even four if you want to toss New Jersey in. At three, I was thinking the West. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey for sure. Those, those but because teams were Dallas all... only broke through and won once, they sort of get ignored. But they were a really good hockey team for a really long time. We're just looking at Dallas's roster, Jason Robertson, as you mentioned, California doesn't have the cultural engine behind him that some of the other players do. Rupe Hints from Finland, you know, equally underrated, I think, in yeah. league conversations. Joe yeah. Pavelski cast out of San Jose for being too old, you know. and has, He is certainly not. No, has been yeah. excellent. I mean, talk about a franchise picking, you know, it's yeah. a little bit of a Corey Perry situation there. Yeah. Then Jamie Benn, then Miro Heiskanen, who Miro Heiskanen's great. Everybody loves Miro Heiskanen, but he's like – third or fourth best defenseman in like nobody's talking about him as if he's the best they just talk about him as being really good right but never in the conversation that maybe he deserves to be in which is you know a, a true number one right and then jake ottinger who is only 24 but i feel like jake ottinger has been once a bridesmaid or always a bridesmaid never a bride for like 10 years and now he's the now he's starting to get bride press i think he's I actually don't. I feel like he just came out. Like last year was his year. Where okay. He kind of broke out in the playoffs um, late in the year. Yeah. Like I don't even think he was the starting goalie entering the season. I don't even think he was on the roster last year. Like <laughs> well, he was in the AHL, if I recall. So 29 games in 2020-21, 48 games in 21-22. Because uh, I understand. I think he started last year in the AHL. Yes, he played 10 games. Year, yeah. And then came up and then dominated, never went back. And now you're looking at one of the most exciting, maybe the most exciting young, you know, under 25 goalie in the league. Yeah. The reason I think I have that is because he spent 1819 in, uh, in Texas, excuse me. Well, he spent 1819 in Boston university, then played join the games. stars end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Then the following year played the bulk of the season with the Texas stars played two games in the playoffs in, uh, in the bubble, right? Yes, yep. exactly. Which is why I, yeah. And then last year again. Um, so, but the point is, it's a really good team. Very I mean, like, good team. Way better than anybody thought. And if they played in a northeastern corridor location, I think we'd have a better sense of who they are and how good they are. For sure. Especially, like, you you talked about the storylines. It's like a lot of teams have those stars, and when they, pun intended, <laughs> when they decline, they don't have the, the horses to replace them. Dallas has not only replaced them, but they've expanded the field of people who are at that level. All those names you just mentioned – it's not like they dropped off when those those veteran guys maybe were on the downside. They've actually increased because of all the other players who have been built up around them. And it's led to a really, really exciting team and a team that's leading you know, a pretty competitive central. If you went back to me uh, a few years ago, whenever it was that the Dallas Stars, I think it was the owner, made those comments about the team in public that yep. were controversial if you asked me in that moment who's got a brighter future minnesota or dallas mm -hmm. i'd have think i'd have gone with minnesota yeah uh, and yet you see how minnesota handled their aging veterans versus how dallas has surrounded theirs with talent and uh it's totally caught me by surprise zach i think we're gonna wrap it up here thank you so much for joining me as always yep thank you for having me we'll talk to you soon do we noted that was duly noted. This is LA Kings game night. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we will have some thoughts on tonight's fun at the Dallas Stars. I'm Jesse Cohen. Stick around, Kings fans. We'll be right back. If you want the best care for kids in California, come to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. CHLA is the highest-ranked children's hospital in California and a top hospital in the nation on the prestigious U.S. News & World Report on a roll of the best children's hospitals. CHLA provides outstanding patient-centered care, trains the physicians, nurses, and caregivers of tomorrow, and conducts life-saving research to help bring more cures to more kids. For the best care for kids in California, visit chla.org. Crypto.com is the official crypto platform partner of the LA Kings and the world's fastest growing crypto app. In the app, you can easily buy and sell cryptocurrencies and different coins, collect the world's top NFTs, and get discounts when you pay with crypto. Download the Crypto.com app now on the App Store or Google Play. All information is provided for informational purposes only, and this message is not intended as a recommendation of financial or investment advice. Cryptocurrencies are highly volatile and subject to significant risks and may not be suitable for you. Not available in all jurisdictions. Introducing Spectrum One. 
Get Spectrum Internet with speeds of 300 megabits per second. Advanced Wi-Fi with best-in-class security and privacy. Spectrum Mobile with unlimited talk, text, and data plus nationwide 5G. Get it all with Spectrum One. Spectrum Internet, advanced Wi-Fi, and one line of Spectrum Mobile Unlimited for only $49.99 a month. Visit Spectrum.com or a Spectrum store today. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Yamava Resort and Casino at San Manuel has another reason for you to come in today. For a limited time only, Yamava is giving all new and inactive members a buy one, get one free buffet. Plus, new members can win up to $1,000 in free play for signing up a Club Serrano membership. You'll earn rewards from playing any of the 6,800 slots or table games. Experience SoCal's best buffet and resort. Yamava is your home to big wins and even bigger prizes. Go for a BOGO today. Details at Yamava.com slash new member. Must be 21. Please gamble responsibly. Energy is building at Crypto.com Arena. Be a part of the best entertainment experience in Los Angeles. Join the King's family today and choose the ticket plan that works for you. Lock in your seats by visiting lakings.com slash memberships today. And go Kings! We return to LA Kings game night. A pregame look at the Kings on your LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Kings fans, welcome back. Jesse Cohen here inside the Nick Nixon Broadcast Center in downtown L.A. The Dallas Stars are in town to take on your L.A. Kings. Todd McClellan talked about those Dallas Stars this morning after the morning skate. Well, they're, they're a hell of a team. You know, going back to the, the game in Dallas, we it was a track meet, and I thought they were sprinting and we were in the marathon. Um, it was that different, and we can't play that way. We can't open it right up with that team. Uh, that will have to change. That's pretty simple. Dallas excellent on the power play and the penalty kill. Todd McClellan talked about their opponent's special teams. I, I think we're living in the present, so we uh, we better be prepared for uh, a very dangerous power play. I think they got three on us last time we played. And a penalty kill that is very effective. They, uh, they have a lot of confidence right now, and they're getting it done. So um, Special teams often dictate the outcome of the game, so tonight we better be sharp on both of ours. That is going to do it for this edition of LA Kings Game Night. Huge thanks to our interim producer Jake Warner and Jeff Cabot at the iHeart Studio in Burbank. LA Kings Game Night will return on Thursday night. When we return today, LA Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans will have the call as your LA Kings face-off against the Dallas Stars. This has been LA Kings Game Night. I've been Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. The draw shot. Score! You've been listening to Kings Game Night with a complete look at the Kings' upcoming game. Be sure to join us immediately after the game for Kings Talk. Call in again with your questions and comments at 877-KINGS-20. And now, stay tuned for LA Kings Hockey. Coming up right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network.